Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rocking and rolling, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready for war? Then bring it on. My craftmatic like a stripper. When it's out, you throw your cash at it. Hope I don't rat tat it from the hash and grass at it. I spit in mad rapid like I took a bad package. You pay tolls on the drum. Welcome, everybody, to the WWE Rundown. <laughs> I'm your host, Troy. <laughs> Joining me today, the 1997 rookie ball, most likely to never pursue a career in baseball, Ginger's here. <laughs> What's up, motherfuckers? How are we doing, uh, sir? I'm all right. It's been a rough week. I um, mean, you know, I'll get into it on uh, NXT when we get into more of the personal shit over there. But yeah, it's been, it's been a long, interesting week. I hear you. I hear ya. Well, um, this will probably be the only time you'll hear me this week because my co-host for Hot Magic uh, is not going to be able to make it tomorrow, which should be the return of the Bellas podcast. So you'll have to wait another week for that. Uh, and then next, you know, um, <laughs> again, it's one of those situations of hate the content, love doing the podcast. So yes. Um, so yeah, so next week we'll do a <clears throat> double up <clears throat> episode of uh, Twat Magic. As long as the Twats actually put out the, the episode they're supposed to be doing. But that's a perfect segue into a bit of the news this week. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and throw this bad boy onto the screen for anyone watching on Twitch. Uh, because this is a, a video that resurfaced of when the Bella Twins were on the show Fashion Police on the E, e Network. And so if anyone recalls, hold on a second, let me just go ahead and share that. There we go. If anybody recalls um, the show Fashion Police, it was hosted by Joan Rivers. And um, she, yeah, did... Exactly the Joan Rivers things that she always did. 
But here, of course, you have the Bella Twins on, and I guess they're going through pictures and talking about people's looks because it's 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 a show about fashion. So they're talking about the way people look. Um, so here's this. Um, so you've got both Bella Twins, and they've got pictures in their hands, uh, and they are going through different people. So. So they hold up a picture of China. Okay. Now, mind you, this is, um, I think it's two, th- when was this on? Um, it was 06. 06. And China's already dead at this point, right? No, 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 no. no. China's still alive. China's still alive, yeah. But, again, China is a legend in the wrestling business. So they hold up a picture of China to discuss her, and this is what Nikki Bella decides to say about it. If you didn't catch that, she says, we don't know if it's a man or a woman. Oh, my. And I totally agree. It's China and China to say she is butch. I hate to say that, but her vagina has a penis. (laughs) Now, in case you didn't catch that, Joan Rivers. Now, Joan Rivers saying that about China, that's her shtick. Okay, she does like shock things like that. She's she's intentionally offensive like that. Now the Bella twins laughing about it, which is what they do after that clip, is pretty shitty. But also the fact that they said it to begin with, they're the ones who started the conversation that way. You know, they antagonized it. Yeah, so that's a little annoying. Um, but of course, people were like, "Hey, yo." <laughs> um, <laughs> assholes who continue to talk about the fact that you know that they're body positive and things like that that's not a very body positive thing to do to talk about a woman who i mean at that point was you know already fired from the WWE. was most i think she was in porn at that time um although way before that we knew what her vagina looked like and it didn't have a penis um but yeah this is eight years ago and at the time, obviously, they're still with WWE. Now, I am surprised, one, that the WWE was okay with this, with this airing like that, because that's not exactly something that you want people to say about some about one of your talents, somebody who's no. a legend like that. But also, like, shame on the Bella Twins for insulting somebody who blazed the trail for them to get there. Yep. So that's that's what they do. Yeah. So Nikki Belly, po- Nikki Belly, Nikki Nikki Bella posted an apology, and this is what it says: "I want to sincerely apologize for a comment I made over eight years ago on Fashion Police." Already, that first sentence saying the "over eight years ago" definitely feels defensive. Yes. Because it's not, I want to apologize for a comment I made on Fashion Police eight years ago. It's, I, I want to apologize for a comment I made over eight years ago on Fashion Police. Good God. <laughs> I am sorry and embarrassed by my 29-year-old self, who offended China and in turn hurt her family and others. It's not you're apologizing for your 19-year-old self. You're apologizing... When you were 29. <laughs> it was uh, 2013, by the way, so all right. <clears throat> not 06. Okay. 
please learn from me. It's not worth hurting someone's feelings for a meaningless laugh. China will always be remembered as an icon and pioneer who helped create the opportunities for women in wrestling that exist today. Thank you, China. Okay. But also, you called her a man. <laughs> you were 29 years old. You took one look at her and and was like, this is our moment. Let's make a dick joke about China. About China. Now, again, I want to preface this. Me and you and anyone else on this network are a bunch of fucking couch jockeys who watch wrestling and do a podcast. We are not internationally known superstars who worked with this person on live fucking TV. Well, not live, but on on television being broadcast out to the world. Okay? So I know people want to instantly... Defendant being like, well, you guys have made those kinds of jokes. Yeah, we have. Because, yeah, of course we're going to make those kinds of jokes. That's that's what our show is all about. But also, like I said, nobody's listening to us. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and this, these are two people that have definitely talked to her face-to-face -face before her death and made that joke. These are two people who are in the business that she was in. Yeah. It's just that... Yeah, go ahead. These two are the biggest fucking frauds. Like you said, you and you constantly talk about this on Twat Magic, that mm -hmm. they're all about body positivity and loving yourself and don't degrade other people. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and I believe they said they've said multiple times that they've always been that way. Well clearly not. You're they literally it's it's so fucked up to the point that like these two believe their own bullshit. Mm -hmm. They do, or it's or it's just a fucking front where they're just like, well, let's just try and sell our shit and put on this front. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing. Now, mind you, <laughs> Bree did not comment at all. She was there. She laughed as well. Um, but yeah, uh, if you uh, if you are listening uh, to this on on. Uh, your podcast catcher or, or anywhere you find podcasts, you can join us live uh, on twitch.tv slash run on wrestling. Um, and you can join uh, guys such as KT. Thank you, KT, for, for joining us. And actually, Adam from the rundown has joined us as well. I uh, just want to put that up there because KT with the, the twat apology tour, because Alberto El Patron's shitty apology needs a cheap knockoff. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Adam with the Twatpology. And uh, also, please learn from me because I sure as hell won't. That's true. They that's This is what they always do. They sit there and be like, oh, well, you know, we made this mistake and we're going to learn for it. But then they make the exact same mistake again. Or, But it, we've talked about it ad nauseum on Twat Magic about the fact that like these people will sit there and one episode will be like, we're super body positive, like we're all about loving ourselves. And then the next episode, sometimes the very same episode, will be like, my thighs are fat. Like, oh my god, like my tits are so saggy. And you're just like, I'm sorry, weren't you just talking about loving yourself and being potty positive? That's that's two different you're that you're completely contradicting yourselves. Unbelievable. Yes. Just, yes. Like when when I was younger, I probably made a joke like that or two. Absolutely. Well yeah. Times were different. Look, I mean but, yeah. but like like you said, when you're when you're working for the company that 
she was a giant fucking star mm-hmm. and and you go on and say that whether it's uh, whether it's like you know there she's in a bad position with the company or whatever and not in good relations doesn't matter mm-hmm. she, like you said she paved the way for people like you yeah Steve I don't know if if you remember but for the longest time there was this there was this like um, I guess it was it was viral before viral was a thing but there was this rumor that um, Jamie Lee Curtis was a hermaphrodite. I don't know if you remember that at all when when you were younger. Maybe, yeah. yeah. It sounds like I'd heard it. There was this thing. I, I don't even know where it started from. I'm sure I could look it up and, and find it. But um, that was a thing that was going, going around for a while. Unlike, you know, there would be comedians that would make jokes about it like that. But you wouldn't sit there and hear, like, one of her co-stars be like, yeah, she totally was born with a dick and a vagina. Like, that's it's totally different, you know? Like, it's it's yeah. one thing for comics to make jokes about it or, you know, they, you know. And mind you, like, late-night hosts are sort of that weird in-between where it's like, they're comics, but also like, yeah, but you're also interviewing the people, so they really can't say too much, you know, bad. Or they're gonna beat the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. But there was also that joke about, uh, um, oh, fuck, who was it? Um... I can I can see him. The dude that everyone said uh, let a hamster go up his ass. Oh, there's been a lot of those. <laughs> God, I can't remember that. I uh, don't remember that. Oh my God, who George was Lopez? It? No. <laughs> uh, it was uh, oh my God. Richard Greer. That's who it was. It was Richard oh. Greer. Okay. And it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, everybody like made that joke and it was like where the fuck did that even come from <laughs> well it's kind of like the same if we're gonna go down this route uh it's the same thing as marilyn manson removed some of his ribs to suck his own dick yeah exactly that was always a rumor and who the fuck knows where it came from but it was still a rumor that uh, almost every fucking person in this world thought or heard or mm-hmm. you know it's it's fucking funny yeah, and and like I said, that, that's the, that's the difference of this. Where it's like, yeah, you know, you don't hear actors who were in movies with them being like, oh, so dude, I'm I'm starring in a movie with a dude that let a fucking dribble up his rectum. Like, no, you don't, because it is. It's completely different. <laughs> but also, like, if if I say something offensive, only our fans hear it, and no, there's no uh, news outlets that are going to pick up that story or anything like that. But these two assholes. Anything they do, news news outlets pick it up. So then people will look at that and they'll think, oh, well, they said it, so it's cool to make fun of China and her penis. Again, China did not have a penis. I saw, I saw, I had that Playboy, uh, <laughs> and I've watched, I've, I've watched one of her pornos for this show. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely know what she's got going on down there, and there was no penis. Uh, there was a lot of penis in there, but not. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, that that's the thing where it's just like, but this is also the thing where it's just like, it had to have been that WWE didn't look at that because I have a hard time believing that they would have let that air. And they're, I mean, they edited things out of the Bella's books, yeah, book, sorry, singular. And like, I, I also got to sit there and be like, the producers were okay with that, with them 
Well, mind you, this is eight years ago. Eight years ago, it was still not okay to make fun of people, of trans people, you know? And, like, now, of course, it's even worse. But, you know, a lot of times we talk about, like, oh, you know, applying today's standards for things that happened in the past. Eight years ago, this was definitely still a trans rights issues thing and stuff like that. And people were still, that was still a very, that that was picking up a lot of steam and being a hot topic thing. It it, it was for, I would say, probably a good 12 years ago was when it really started to pick up, where it was, you know, I mean, obviously now it's, you know, um, become a, a great movement. But, yeah, at the time, even then, was that's not a fucking okay thing to do. And, and especially not an okay thing to do for those two to be making jokes like that when they're supposed to be, you know, like the big role models. And I'm pretty sure Be A Star was a thing eight years ago, and WWE was a part of it, so... <laughs> They've been doing that for a long time. I think the Bellas did a couple Be A Star ones, didn't they? I'm sure they did a couple speeches at Be A Star. I think so. Um, So, again, they believe their own bullshit. Since April. Yep. April 2011. Yep. So, this was 2019 (laughs) that this video was out, so Be A Star was already eight years from that. From the start of Be A Star. <laughs> so, yeah, that's exactly... Yeah, and here, right here, first fucking video on it. W Superstars and Divas discuss the Be A Star program, and the, th- the thumbnail is the Bella Twins. Uh, <laughs> so, again, shit. show tolerance and respect, unless you're on Joan Irvin's show, I guess. Oh, my God. God, I hate them. Yeah, everybody so does. Alright, so we oh, have... they got the Bella Army, apparently. Well, you know, it's a cult. <laughs> Uh, so we have um, one more bit of news before we get into the story that we don't want to talk about. Um, so Fightful, uh, which has become one of the better news news outlets out there, um, uh, Sean Russ Sapp is um, a, a gentleman online that you can generally look at his stuff and and know that you're getting fact, or at least what's being presented as fact by people involved. Yeah, but he's another fuckhead that exactly. you pay money for. Yep, but you still pay money for Fightful. But he he's really good about, like, um, in terms of, like, the WWE releases, which is what we're going to talk about a little bit, he puts those out there not behind a payroll wall, you know? There's mm-hmm. there's other things he'll put behind a paywall, but it's like, no, no, something like that. When it's someone losing their job, he's like, no, 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 we're putting this out there, you know? Yeah. So Fiverr reports that Samoa Joe has joined the scouting department, in NXT, um, and is working towards an in-ring return. Gee, didn't see that coming with all the stare-downs as of late on NXT. <laughs> Shit. It's so funny where it's like, people very soon forget about the fact that Vince's big thing, and, and by an extension, Triple H's big thing, is Never tease something that you can't deliver. Never promise something you can't deliver. And so when you started to have that, where Joe was doing these stare downs, you start getting people to be like, oh my God, Joe versus Karrion Cross, Joe versus Adam Cole. Like, I need these things over that. They would not be doing that if they couldn't eventually deliver on that. You know, it was the same. It was the same reason. It's like, okay, you have, you have Christian come in. And he has a match with Randy Orton. You know, it's like, yeah, you don't do that 
unless you know eventually you can bring him in. Now, of course, they fucked that up, which is a good reason why uh, fucking people have lost their jobs after that. <laughs> uh, Mark Arano. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, so it's def- it was definitely, I was just like, okay. Because when they were like, oh, he's going to come in as Enforcer, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, but it's going to be more like he's like the, the fucking uh, dog on a chain. And Regal is going to let it off. That's not what we saw, though. It was nope. Joe instantly going like, all right, I'm going to fucking swing my dick around. And you're just like, ah, that looks like we're setting up a future match, not setting up, <laughs> you know, like this guy is just getting in line or whatever that. So, yeah, no, absolutely. They've, they've I don't understand. It's got to be. He's got to be pretty close. I would think so. I mean, um, you know, with concussions, you never quite know. Uh, yes. But um, I would say that he it's been long. It's been quite a while now where I feel like, yeah, he's had enough time to uh, sort of get things right. And obviously there are certain things that you can do. Um, you're never going to be concussion proof, but there are definitely a no. lot of things. I mean, you will most likely see... Um, a difference in how people do matches with him, and I have a I have a hard time thinking that like if he faces off against Adam Cole, that Cole's gonna hit the last shot, just because of you're like ah, he hits that one that you know he he even grazes him a little bit and that can fucking set off a concussion on the guy you know. Um, so I think you'll see a little bit difference on that, or at least it'll be, they'll, you, you won't see Cole hit it quite like he always does. I wouldn't think I'm thinking no, you, you're going to, you'd see it more like a knee to the back of the, like the, the, the shoulder into the shoulder blades than to the back of the head, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to find Joe's last match that he had on WWE television. Cagematch.net, dude. I always go to cage match. <laughs> I'm on it. Going. Okay. Right here. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, last match. On our official backstage helper. Oh, he's 42 years old. I don't know how you've taken this line to find this. It's it's February 10th, 2020. It's oh, it's a year, almost a year and a half ago was his last match. Know where you you got to? You just go to cagematch.net, type in Samojo, and hit matches, dude. And <laughs> right well, there. I, I don't use cagematch, so I don't know how to go to fucking operate this shit. You're going that cage. <laughs> oh my gosh, cagematch is always the best source for um for for anybody who's a wrestler. Um, and, and it's where we get most of our information from in terms of anything along those lines. Because you can sort it to you by, like, singles matches and by opponents and stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I didn't realize that was his last match, though. AOP, Murphy, and Rollins versus Owens, Samoa Joe, and the Viking Raiders. Wow. I Long remember. Time. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I mean, that's, you know, you're looking at 16 to 18 months now. Adam says, Adam says the mobile version of cage matches and greats. I mean, 
I, I find that with a couple sites still that they're mobile versions. Also, you got to remember that Cage Match is a German site, so they might not be, they might not care as much about mobile versions of their things as as desktop. See? So double negative for me on that. <laughs> it's still the best source of information out there. A lot easier. Oh, I'm sure it is. So. And if it, uh, and if somebody doesn't have a profile on Cage Match, that means they're they're not ready to be on primetime TV. <laughs> Just so, saying. Let me, while, while we're on the subject, what yes. NXT superstar do you want to see Joe face? What what is your number one match that you want to see with someone in NXT and Samojo? Um, there's a lot of good ones. Um. Me, I am somebody who who loves me a a good hoss fight, and I would say, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a little out there because I'm I I normally hate this motherfucker, but Joe versus Walter, I think would be very fucking good match, um, just because they're both hard hitters. Um, when uh when Ridge Holland returns, he is somebody I'd be really interested in. Um, Bronson Reed uh, is uh, <laughs> somebody that I want to see him face. Um, I know he could get a really good match out of Karen Cross. Okay. Um, Something that Karen Cross has a lot of trouble doing. Yeah. L.A. Knight, obviously, would be another guy that fits in that bill. Really, huh? I See, and I don't like L.A. Knight, but I think that their styles would, would mesh very well together. Okay. So uh, I'm gonna go Pete Dunne. Yeah, him too. Yeah. I I think that'd be my number one. I can't wait to see those two beat the shit out of each other. Yep. So uh, him yeah. and him and Tommaso, I think, would be a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and Thatcher, because you know that again, there he could pull a good match out of him. Yeah. Um, I mean, technically, Joe can pull a good match out of anybody. Pretty much, man. I mean, you could put him in there against Drake Maverick, and he'd find a way to make Maverick look good. <laughs> <laughs> not saying Maverick's not a good good worker. It, he's just he's got that size where people need to work hard to make him look good. You know. Um. Gosh, man, yeah, like fucking Fabian Eichner would be fun because he's a power fucking dude. You know. Okay. Yeah, dude. There's a lot of them, honestly. There's not really anyone I wouldn't want to see him face off against, honestly. You know? Um, yeah. Pretty, yeah, pretty much everyone. Yeah. Um, I'm looking uh, forward to it. I, I hope he does succeed in his journey to get back in the ring. Yeah. It seems like they're setting up him and Cole. That seems to be the guy that he interacts with the most. Um, well, he interacts with Cross a lot, too. Yeah, both Yeah, both of those guys. and, and But... Yeah, I guess. Do, do, do we know who's facing Cross for the title? At, uh, uh, it's um, got to be Gargano. Is it Gargano? It's got to be. Oh. Well, I know that they've got Great American Bash coming up or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's going to be Johnny because I think uh, Cross called Johnny out on tonight's episode. So it's it's going to be in Gargano and Cross. Okay, right now it's... Yeah. Yeah, right now with Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole in a singles match. Mm-hmm. MSK versus Chump and Thatcher. Um, I can't say that because it's a spoiler. Um, and uh, LA Knight, <laughs> LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes for the Million Dollar Championship. Wait, who? Sorry, LA Knight versus Cameron <laughs> 
crimes. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, KT asking, uh, given Joe's history of with bumps, do you think they'll only put him in high profile matches? Yeah, I don't see him. Yeah, I don't see him wrestling every week. Um, I see it being more of, yeah, they they would have him. Oh, I'm sorry. The the uh, Grimes thing is a spoiler too. Don't listen to that. Uh, go go oh, go. That, I'll, that I'll, was a, that was a given. I'll go back and and put in the sound effects to fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't know that. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll fix it in post. No, I won't. Um, yeah, I'm thinking that that for Joe, you're not gonna see him wrestle on. NXT. I think he. I think he'd just be Takeover. Yeah. Or, yeah. The, or the special events like you like Great American Bash because yeah. that's just a normal episode. It's not really a Takeover. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, no, I could see him. And then once he finishes that feud with that person, that one match, one off, he goes back to being Regal's security. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then eventually somebody pisses him off and we get back to that point. But yeah. I could see maybe every six months Joe wrestling. Yeah. Because you don't want to overdo it because then it's like, oh, okay, it's not that special. But if you spread it out far enough, mm-hmm. you're good. Yeah, I think you, you look at his situation similar to Edge, you know, where you know he comes in, does a couple of shows, not wrestling, but does a couple of shows, does the the pay per view match, and then fucks off for a little bit. Now they would be a little bit different from him because Joe would still be on every show, but he's not going to be actively in storylines. I don't think so. Yeah. Alrighty. So uh, let's get to um, yeah. Last Friday. Oof. So we we got right early in the morning. Uh, and and I saw it with Sean Rassap where he said uh, there's going to be some releases today. And the last time he said there's going to be some releases, there were some releases. Um, so actually, every time I think that he started off the day with that tweet, there has been releases. So again, like I said, if you're not following him, he is really good about you know like once people start texting him, like by the way. This is happening today. He's like, I'm going to put it out there. So it started actually um, with the news that WWE released um, one of their writers. And uh, that was um, Kenise Mobley. So um, Kenise is somebody who is a comedy writer who was trying to kind of get, uh, make a name for herself. Now, um, there have been a history of writers that WWE have hired that have not been wrestling fans or have not known about wrestling. Um, and sometimes that's good. Sometimes you bring somebody in who doesn't have that, that history and baggage. They can bring some fresh ideas to things, you know, um, the, so she went on a podcast huh. and she said she didn't know anything about wrestling. Um, when I first took the job, which is fine, but then she didn't, so she, she said she didn't know 
about the current product either, which is like, you've been working for them for a couple of months. How do you not know what you're writing on? You know, it's a situation of like, if I go into my job today and I go, yeah, you know what? I really don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> what do you think's going to happen? <laughs> you know? Yeah, she basically shot herself in the foot with that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of the thing, is that now, for what it's worth, and, and take it for what it is, it was reported that it wasn't the podcast that caused her to get fired. It was actually the fact that a lot of the, the wrestlers and a lot of the backstage personnel were felt a little bit disrespected by her. And also like this woman held their futures in her hand, and it, and by all accounts, she wasn't making an effort to learn the people that she was writing for or, you know, or, or learn exactly what she was writing about. So like there's been so many other people, like I said, writers who have come in and like the first thing they're going to do is start doing their fucking research, you know, and start yeah. learning about the thing that like there, I mean, a lot of TV shows have, um, writers that will show up for an episode or two, you know, you better believe that those people have to show up there knowing what's currently going on in the show, <laughs> you know, in order to do the job. They can't just come in and be like, all right, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. It's like, okay, but that doesn't match, like, the characters and how they're written or they No, no, they have to know that stuff. And if you're coming into, in, if WWE is hiring you, which, first of all, like, that's a good amount of fucking money that, that they're paying you, do your research, dude. And also, like, <sighs> learn that you can't go out there and just be like, I don't know anything about I don't even know who their champions are right now. Yeah, that's that's gonna make that's gonna make you look worse than it makes them. First of all, you know. Yeah, and it, like, I mean, you're basically hitting everything as you're talking about it, but like, it, it's it's mind-boggling, like that you worked there for a few months. Mm. So I I'd like to know what storyline she was behind. Yeah. Then we could be like, wow, that fucking sucked. No wonder why you didn't fucking watch the product, because you wrote something that was such garbage, it was just fucking terrible. Like, why would you why would you even bring up that fact? Like, I understand like that that probably wasn't it probably added a little bit to her being released, but it's like, why would you willingly say that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So here's here's kind of the the, the damn thing. Now, uh, Kenise was on the the podcast. We'll we'll give him a plug. Uh, Asia, not Asian, is the name of it. And so this this is a, a direct quote from her from this. Yes, I have just been hired by WWE. Given the things that you know about me and my entire life and what I'm into, yes, that's surprising. Yes, also surprised for me. They did not require me to know anything about wrestling, but I do have a background in film production and comedy writing, and they're like, perfect, come on in. So remember, she just said they knew she didn't know anything about wrestling, and they hired her. This wasn't a case of, like, they hired her, and then turned out that she didn't know. Like like I said, WWE is, is really good about this, where they're like, you don't have to know about our product, but you do have to learn <laughs> in order to do the job. So here you go. Here's the second part of this. 
So I am on the Monday Night Raw team. So there's Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown, and the people I know that are on it are Bobby. His name is either Bobby Ashley or Bobby Lashley, and I really should know that. He's like this giant black guy, and he and the people who are part of his crew, I know what they are called, or at least as of last year, they called themselves the Hurt Business. They wear suits, and they're like, we're cool. She's that's that's a straight up face bomb face bomb quote right there. She says she's part of the Monday Night team, so all she has to do is just know about one show. <laughs> this would this would be this would be like a writer being like, oh yeah, so Game of Thrones hired me, and uh, uh, I was writing one of their episodes, and they've got this this chick. I think her name is Janny. The Dragon Princess or something like that. Yeah, you'd be fired <laughs> if you don't know the most important person in the show. <laughs> like, the and and the fact is, it's like you you didn't. It's one thing if you're like, no, it, no, there's no excuse for it. You don't know the guy's fucking name, <laughs> and you're like, I, I Ashley or Lashley. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, see. That right there is why that exactly is just like, yeah, man, like, of course you got fired. Why wouldn't you get fired? Like, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to see somebody lose their job. But when you're not putting forth the effort that you need to to mm-hmm. keep that job, no point in you still having that job. Yeah. And if, if you don't know what is going on with the show or anything like that, and then what are you even contributing, you know? Yep, nothing. Uh, David K., welcome, David, um, asked, how did that not come up in the interview? Uh, like I said, it did come up in the interview, but WWE does expect that, yeah, then you do a crash course on it, and you learn the people, and another thing with the writers is, like, they should be talking to the talent. They should be... That That's, that's something that... Um, what was it? Uh, Patrice O'Neill. He used to be a writer for WWE. He said, like, I went, I learned everything, and I talked to the wrestlers, and, you know, they would give, they, I would kind of shoot the shit back and forth with them to kind of learn what their characters were and stuff like that. Like, that's putting in the work, you know? Yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. was, for the longest time, a writer for WWE. He knew the people, you know? And that's the thing, is, like I said, I mean, nobody expects you to come in on day one and know everything, especially not a writer, you know? Because, Again, like I said, I mean, they're probably not hiring, like, WWE superfans because WWE superfans are kind of pricks. So <laughs> you have to you have to feel like they're, they are. They're hiring these different things because they're going to throw something at the wall. They're going to try to see if it sticks. They get comedy writers because they're like, hey, we'll make up some funny fucking comedy sketches for us and stuff like that. But also, learn how to do your fucking job. Because you have to know, like, how things are structured, you know? You get you get a crash course very quickly. Like this is how long segments are normally. This is you know what they're fighting for. These the events come. Like you have to learn that stuff, you know. But for her to go out there and just be so aloof about it, so I'm just like, what? I mean, yeah, I guess that's his name, but I don't really know. Like that, I think is the biggest thing. Is like that felt like such a disrespectful attitude to take on things, where it's like you didn't even care enough, you know. At least that's what you presented. You presented that you didn't care. The show that you're writing for, that is your top guy. Yeah. 
<laughs> and you didn't. And you don't know his fucking name. You don't know his name. You also said the crew he runs with, which is only one guy now, because he got rid of the other two guys. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if she, like, didn't even, like, submit anything or put forth anything. I have to wonder. And, again, it's like, there, this was a good opportunity for her, you know? Oh, yeah. There's There's been plenty of writers out there who have said, like, I... I signed with WWE because they gave they gave me an opportunity and it you know my career was in the shitter you know I needed the money and everything like that I did my job and it helped me get land other roles in writing you know yeah I don't get it All right, I, I think we spent too much time on this one yeah sorry about that um, <laughs> um so later on that morning we started to get the names rolling in. <laughs> So, um, I'm going to give the full list of names, and then we'll go one by one after that, okay? So, the full list of names of people that were released were Matt Martell um, of Everrise and Chase Parker of Everrise, Arya Davari, Fandango, Tony Nice, August Gray, Tyler Breeze, uh, Samir Singh, uh, Sunil Singh of the Bollywood Boys, Samir- Marina Shafir, Kurt Stallion, Arturo Huas, Killian Dane, and Thibaut Sabatelli. So, um, starting with Everrise. This one annoyed me, because obviously I have long been an Everrise mark since they showed up. <laughs> um, they were starting to do Everrise Live, which was getting over. People were enjoying their, their pre-to-the-pre-show, which was Everrise Live. Um, and... They they started a a fucking storyline as well, you know. They were starting a thing with Hit Row, um, and then they got released. So, what are your what was your feelings on Everrise? I was just starting to get in the groove with these guys. Mm-hmm. They brought the good comic relief to the show, but it, it, I understand. Listen, I get it. Like they were treated as the job or tag team, but you need somebody to do, go ahead and be that tag team mm-hmm. but they were starting like you said they had ever rise live yep and that that was starting to become a thing and they just help oh, see you later so yeah that that was a little disappointing to me yeah uh aria davari i mean see i i, ne- I never got into 205 live i did watch um was it the Cruiserweight tournament that they did mm-hmm. for the Cruiserweight title and stuff? And yeah. I think they did other, other tournaments, but uh, a good worker, young guy, just, well, kind of. But he, I mean, I didn't see him often, so I, I can't judge, but it sucks that he lost his job. Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, Arya Davari, um, to me, he sort of ran his course. With uh, with WWE, I didn't feel like they were ever going to do anything with him. Um, now his brother Sean Davari, or just Davari if you remember him back in in the day, um, he is um, currently with MLW. Uh, so I feel like there's a potential that he could uh, he could wind up there. And kind of re or, or kind of rejoin up his, with his brother and be a tag team again. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, 
if you are if you weren't a fan of two five live it was it's it's a case of things started to look a little bit worse once we get through the rest of these um but i'm somebody that's watched two five live for uh since its beginning and largely been i wouldn't say i was a I was a fan of aria but he he played the role he needed to play there which was good um and i don't know now they've lost kind of that veteran presence on the show. So by all accounts, 205 Live is going to continue because we haven't heard anything about it. But now it's like, who who do you who do you have now on 205 Live that you're going to have these younger guys go and beat, you know, or or be in storylines to make them look better? Because now. You know, you've lost not only Ari Devari, but another person that we're going to talk about next, Tony Nice. The two guys that were the 205 Live OGs, and they were the guys that, like, you know, everyone got kind of the show. They were the jobber to the new guys, but they were still important. Um, so you're... Again, jobbers. Yeah. yeah. So your thoughts on Tony Nice? Any, any different from Aria, or... Uh, I, I never really had a problem with Tony Nice. I know Jeff... Um, R.I.P. Just kidding. Uh... He always shit on him, and, and I, I he had the look. He had a gray body and stuff like that, but uh, he kind of ran his course. He had the good cruiserweight title matches and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but with him, it was like, I mean, you probably could have put him in the IC or United States Championship picture. Yeah. I, you I could agree. have done stuff with them, but they just—they almost—it almost seems like they were just like, "Man, just get rid of them." Yeah. Um, so after that, um, I'm gonna—I'm gonna kind of bop around here a little bit. So the last person that was announced <laughs> was Tino Sabatelli. Um, now, uh, of course, uh, Adam on the side with the raise your hand if you knew Tino Sabatelli had a job. So Tino Sabatelli was released by NXT. Um, turned around and signed with AEW, uh, then apparently was was talking to um, another dirt sheet other than uh, the AEW's Dave Meltzer, and Chris Jericho, who everybody knows has long been the source of information in WWE that would provide information to Dave Meltzer, turned around and got Tino fired which is a recurring thing now with Jericho, where he has now said he's going to blacklist Shotzi Blackheart because she made him sad. Uh, so Aww. so now Tino yet again out of a job and doesn't have AEW to fall back on now. So um, if you are somebody that is familiar with who Tino Sabatelli is, um, so Tino Sabatelli is actually Sabi Piscatelli, who was a um, a player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for um, about three year, three or four years. Uh, then he went to like Cleveland and, and KC. Uh, he was a pretty decent player. Um, and then he actually signed with WWE in 2014, and was a developmental worker for them until 2020. Yes, you're hearing those dates correct. <laughs> wow. 
And then, of course, he was released, then signed with AEW, then was released, and then he came back to NXT. Um, but he actually, I don't believe he actually worked a match since returning to WWE. If you're, I don't recall seeing him. Yeah, if you are, yeah, if you're a developmental wrestler for six years and barely make any appearances on NXT. I fully expect you to lose your job because yeah. that that seems that seems crazy to me that they've kept her on for long. Now, um, Tino is uh, currently banging Mandy Rose, um, so there might have been a little bit of that of her that apparently was news to Ginger. <laughs> yep. um, that may have been how he got the job back in WWE in the first place, but yeah. So yeah, either way. Um, I remember Sabby as a player. Uh, mind you, this is back in like 2007, 2008-ish. Um, and, and I was interested to see, because he's got a really good look to him, but yeah, he just he, he did, just, just didn't work out for him. So um, Can't all be winners. Yeah. KT says he'll almost certainly go to Impact. Probably, if he wants to continue pursuing it, uh, wrestling, then yeah, I would say Impact's your next one, because he does have a good look, but um, otherwise, you know, he, he does kind of have that, like, uber-jacked look that uh, NWA likes right now, too. Um, we got word that um, the Bollywood Boys got released. Now, of course, um, Bollywood Boys have been with the company for uh, uh Four or five years at this point, I think they, for a while there, were Ginger's running buddies, um, and of course Randy Orton kind of famously chucked them all over the place, um, <laughs> and they were again were another uh, another jobber tag team, but they played a role, you know, and they were they were annoying. But they were they were talented, and uh, by all accounts, they were good guys. Now Orton did tweet out his support and of the Bollywood Boys, which again was, if you have somebody like Orton tweeting out your yeah. support, yeah. But yeah, he he talked about like, you know, he he talked about the, the fucking putting him through a table and just bouncing him off of there and everything like that. But <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's you know, um, but at that point, it was like. I'm I'm looking at the roster and I'm going, huh? Uh, that's four two hundred five live guys that they've released so far. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, it, it kind of makes sense. Those are like four guys who have been on that show forever, and and you know makes and they've got guys like Asher Hale and um, Grayson Waller and um, Ari Sterling and August Gray and Kurt Stallion, and I'm like, all right, well, we'll start seeing more of those guys. Uh, then Kurt Stallion put out a tweet, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh, you too, huh?" So then, yes. <laughs> so WWE released Kurt Stallion. Uh, what was your thoughts on the Kurt Stallion release? Uh, Kurt Stallion um, did not impress me that much on NXT uh, for the select few episodes that he was on. Um, didn't really do it for me, uh, and. I don't think he did it for them either because he was supposed to be in a match with somebody. I forget who the hell it was, um, but he ended up getting his ass kicked before the match even happened. So, 
He was hurt. I know that. Um, he, yeah, he ended his uh, run with WWE hurt. So, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, I was I was not a huge Kurt Stallion fan. I was they they pushed him for a hot second. And it was like, okay, he's starting to get kind of a push and I'm like, I don't see it. Like his music was kind of generic, his his attire was generic and and I I didn't really see it. His um, promos weren't even that good. Yeah. They tried though. Um, yeah, no, they definitely gave him a shot, but it just wasn't yeah. what they were looking for. Right. Um. So I'm like, okay, Kurt Stallion's gone. What else is going to happen here? And then we saw that August Gray was released. Motherfucker. So obviously. For us here on the rundown, um, let's go ahead and have and and stop using that name. Anthony Green was a um, was a guest on our show more than once, um, and he we we were so excited when he got signed to WWE. This was his dream to sign with WWE, and. Once I saw that, and once, obviously, you guys saw that, it started to just run questions in my head of, why? He was literally there for five months. And, like, you you saw his in-ring. You saw what he can do. You saw his promos. He, he was getting promo time, too, on 205 Live and everything like that. You know, he was used as kind of a big deal in there. Now, his win-loss record on 205 Live wasn't great. But like at any point in time, like they could they could have heated him right back up, and he was constantly used for different things. I mean, he was twice a zombie, and you know, like every time they would ask him to do something, he would do it. And uh, credit to Jason for putting out the tweet and saying, if August Gray isn't what WWE is looking for, they're looking for the wrong thing, because this is a guy who's got great in ring, he's got a unique look. And he's a character. And yeah, so that one that one hurt, honestly, because I was so excited when August Gray was working and I continued to watch his matches. He continued to be really fucking impressive. Um, but your thoughts on Anthony Green losing his job? Uh, I think Jason said it. You just said what Jason had said. And it's, it's frustrating <coughs> in... in Seeing him be released, he was there for five months. Okay. You didn't even get... He, he did the thing with Thatcher, and that had some steam behind it. And it was a decent little month-long story he had with Thatcher. He didn't. He sure as hell didn't fail at that in my book. Yeah. A lot of other people's books. And when they started, that was around the time that they started bringing people back in this, you know, make some crowd noise. People were getting behind him. He has the look that stands out. The kid has can morph into any character that you want him to and knock it out of the park. Right. But you idiots released him 
For what? Because he probably, like, looked at Johnny Ace the wrong way or something one time in passing. Or uh, he, he, he just didn't do it for some old dude that fucking is a Vince McMahon yes man. Like, it's unbelievable. But I will give AG credit uh, for his tweet that he had put out about his last match on 205 being a Loser Leaves Town match. So obviously he had some, he's, I I can only imagine how he's probably upset about it. I mean, who wouldn't be? Um, Because it's literally been his dream since day one for him. Uh, So maybe they get him back eventually, maybe, but unless, unless another company scoops him up, and that's a big get for another company to get him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, best of luck, AG, if you're listening. Sorry, bro, but you know, keep working at it, buddy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, if you would like to book Anthony Green, uh, AG Anthony Green at gmail.com, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the next name that we got on the old list here, um, Marina Shafir. Now, Marina, of course, is the wife of Roderick Strong, and it was it was interesting too the timing of it because we we had heard that Nick Khan, who is the president of WWE and who is said to be behind a lot of these current releases that we've been going on, uh, had made a comment of he didn't care who the person was married to. And I was like, well, that's either Marina Shafir or Mia Yim. And it was Marina Shafir. Uh, The thing with Marina was just like Jessamyn Duke. She just never really advanced enough to be used as a talent. Um and she, she, we hadn't seen her in months. Like, she showed up next to Roddy when he put in his, his notice. And then was just like, oh, she's, she's there she is. Hey, it's Marina Shafir. That's cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, in my opinion, they they should have kept uh, Marina and uh, Jessamine with Shayna. Yeah. Yeah. At least as lackeys, but again, like... If you were going to put them in the ring, they weren't impressive enough in the ring. You know, you look at uh, you look at how Shayna went from MMA to wrestling, and it's like there's a lot of fucking talent there. And you look yeah. at look at those two, and they never looked comfortable. I mean, Jessamyn Duke always just you know, or Lady Groot as we named her here, never looked comfortable <laughs> in the ring. Marina just never really captivated anything. Um, I think oh, I think the last tag match they had was in the women's tag team tournament, I think, for the titles, and they jobbed out in like two or three minutes. Yeah. Um, Adam, who is notoriously uh, somebody who does not look at his own chat, is yelling at me that I need to look at the chat more. Um, he says that AG didn't look at Johnny Ace the wrong way. He looked the wrong way to Johnny Ace, which 
Yeah, probably because Johnny is kind of a fucktard. So, but uh, yeah, um, and also yes, I agree. Ag Ag is a total package. Yeah. All right, fuckface, you good? All right. Uh, so then um, <laughs> we heard. Now, <laughs> this was an interesting one because. Um, <laughs> so, oh, which one was it? Um, the next person that we had was Arturo Huras. Now, when it was reported, PW Insider said Marco Ruas has been released from WWE, and I was like, the boxer? <laughs> <laughs> And then it was quickly changed to Arturo Huas, because yes, I'm pretty sure that a 60-year-old retired boxer was not working for WWE at the time. Uh, Arturo Huas, another person they just never found a use for. You know, he they tried him in Raw Underground, which I thought he did decent there. Um, but once that was over, so was his push there. He got drafted to Raw, then he just got quietly moved back to NXT, but, you know... Again, was just kind of there. Well, enough about him, because whatever. Yeah. Uh, what the hell happened to Raw Underground? Well, it was one of those things. Um, it was one of those things that was the mo- that ended up being the more entertaining part of Raw. Yeah. Well, you know, it 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 in part is the reason why the Hurt Business got over. Because when they took over Raw Underground, that was the whole thing. Um, I I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people shit on it because they're going to shit on everything. Um, but I enjoyed it. And, yeah, I thought that, uh, I mean, guys like Eric got a, a little bit of a rub there. Dolph actually got a, a, his first good match that I've enjoyed in a while, even if it wasn't really a match. Shayna was there for a little bit, too, and that helped her. Like Shayna went in there kicking the shit out of people. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, obviously uh, Commander Aziz before when he was Daba Kabul. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just. Yeah, I don't get it either. Omos got to start there. Yes, he did, yeah. The, the doorman. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, man. They just. Uh. Yeah. Then we found out it was time that apparently NXT's tag division was a little too good. Oh. Because they released Fandango, Tyler Breeze, and Killian Dane. Now, let's start with Killian Dane, because I think that's the least consequential of the three. Okay. Um, Killian Dane, obviously the husband of Nikki Cross, who herself is getting uh, getting a new push. He had been doing the storyline with Imperium before they wound up fucking cutting... Alexander Wolf. Um, then he was doing the uh, while he was doing that, he was doing the storyline with Drake and Dane, you know, and we continued to get kind of a build up to that. And I, for one, enjoyed it. I thought that uh, that it was it was at least an, an enjoyable way to kind of build the tag team up a little bit. And and I mean, they mm-hmm. were they were never going to be huge or anything of like that, but I thought it was entertaining. But you are the NXT guy, so. Uh, what does Killian Dane? Uh, what does losing him mean to you? Um, I feel that uh, I, I I don't want to 
be negative about Dane because I thought he was a good worker, but I feel he was really a one-trick pony style match, sure. and that was it. Um, and that that's for some people, and that's not for some people. And I'm just one of those people that's not it's not for. Got to change up your style a bit, uh, and I think that's why they kind of put him in the tag team with Drake was, you know, throw a different thing at him, but it never never really came to anything, and. Uh, the, just, it's, I, I wonder what they're going to do with Drake now, because they just stole his fucking tag team partner, and, which was obviously, they were attempting to lead some, lead to something, but, nope, can't do that. Yeah, um, yeah, so not only that, the, uh, when I, when I look at that, I go, well, you just you just got rid of all the veterans on 205 Live, and Drake is a veteran of the company, and he is clearly a cruiserweight, so I, I, I guess he probably takes on that role. Goes back as GM? I don't know that he goes back as GM. I think he goes back as a wrestler, and he, and he becomes a new kind of jobber to the new guys. Because they need something if they're going to keep doing it. So, gonna pull something off because if not, it's just gonna be win loss, win loss, win loss, win loss for everybody. Yep. Um, Fandango. Ugh. So here's the thing with Fandango. I like Fandango. Um, I liked Johnny Curtis back in the day. Fandango has been in the WWE. Since 2008. And he is 39. And he was currently in a tag team, which, yes, they got the tag team championships. But, you know, after his initial run on the main roster floundered, like, you know, he he did the thing with Brizango. They, they got over, and then eventually they kind of got stale in the main roster. And then they got signed over to NXT so that they could help kind of put over the new talent and things like that. And and that was the only reason. There was no other reason to put them on NXT. Looking at you, assholes. Um, but yeah, like, he honestly might be done wrestling, you know? And I mean, he'll, he'll probably do indie appearances. Because I know he's good for he, he's good friends with a lot of the, yeah. uh, New, New England scene people, but uh, you know it's I was uh, every time Brizongo was in the ring together, I thought they put on fantastic matches in NXT. Yeah, almost every time. Mm-hmm. So for them to let I mean one nonetheless both of them go. Yeah. I mean, you fucking ripped the NXT tag team division apart. Yeah, and honestly, this to me felt like Nick Khan looking at it and going, these two guys are making a ton of money in NXT. Why? And it's like, well, because, of course, they were main roster guys. They were signed to, they they were under WWE deals working in NXT, so they're going to make more. Mm-hmm. And he said, fuck it, get rid of them. It's honestly what it felt like with 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 a few of these guys like Killian Dane was another one of those guys who you know was on an, on a WWE deal. I feel like he looked at a lot of those and went, 
who's this Finn Balor guy? Get rid of him. And they're like, nope. No, 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 no. And it's all right. Who's this fucking Fandango guy? Get rid of him. It's like, all right, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know that he knows the storylines going on or anything of that. He just looks at the dollars and cents of it and goes, these two guys aren't selling a lot of merch. They're, they're, they have a ton of, of fucking money going their way because, they, they're, because they've been in the WWE forever. And, mm-hmm. you know, and they're down in NXT, which is a show that doesn't make as much money as the other two shows. So they become expendable, which sucks, you know, but we've also seen it. Like, you know, um, Miro is another one of those guys who said it. Like, once you sign that big money deal, like, you suddenly put a target on your back, you know? And and because the WWE will look at that, like Braun Strowman was the same way. Like they looked at that and said Braun Strowman's making all this fucking money, and it's like, is he bringing any merch? Well, not really. Okay, we'll get rid of him, you know. Which I don't agree with because again, we've talked about it before. Like WWE can sustain these contracts, but again, because they are a publicly traded company, they're going to do things like this. Oh yeah, you know? it's gonna happen. So you know, it, it's it, it's funny because I just before. You brought up the money aspect of it. Like I was gonna say, like they they look at it, at it as a business. They're mm-hmm. literally selling you, and if you're not making money for them, you're not gonna get very far. Right. That's why I think that um, somebody like Finn Balor is most likely going to show up soon on Raw or SmackDown. Because he's been done yes. in NXT for a long time, we know he's on a main roster deal. So I don't, I don't see that happening too much more. And considering, you know, now that the Wednesday Night Wars are over, they're going to, they're going to look at it as well. You know, we know what we got there. We've got all these young guys coming up. Like, you know, Finn has already sort of run his course there, anyways. You know, he had that long run as a champion. He, he tried to put over Karrion Cross as best he could. Yeah. I don't think he was supposed to be down in NXT very long. He wasn't, no. By all accounts, no. He he even said it himself. He wasn't supposed to be down there for as long as he's been down there. But Trips is like, no, fuck you. I want you down here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which you can blame him in reality, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then, but, yeah. Oh, go ahead. On to um, Breeze. Me and Jason were, I think it was fairly recently on an episode of NXT, we were discussing how Breeze is like a Christian. And you're in the you're ring. going to want to clarify that you're not talking about not his religion. A wrestler <laughs> Christian, sorry. Um, no religion talk with Ginger and Troy this week. That's right. Uh, so, and that's a that's a big loss on their aspect because I believe it was Bailey who tweeted. Um, he was a huge fucking help for her. So not only are you taking away a great talent in your ring, you're taking away uh, a good voice to give fee- damn good feedback to other people working in the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was kind of shocked by, too. And, and not, not to say that they won't offer them contracts to come back as coaches. Now, uh, yeah. somebody like, like Fandango, I could see taking it because he is 39, but Tyler Breeze is 32. He still has. He's young. He's, he still can very much go out there and and do his own thing. Now the other ramification of that is that that means that the YouTube show Up Up Down Down has now lost like fifty percent of its content. 
because yep. now and Breeze was their champion. Breeze was their champion. He had the whole left, right, left, right, and um, so now you lose um, Battle of the Bands, one of their most popular shows, because he's the other guy that battles with Xavier Woods on it. You know, so if there's a good chance that that's just going to end. And you're, you, and they already had enough issues with that because when they started it, they started it before all these releases, and then they had to digitally take out a bunch of people, and then they had to like completely redo it and and you know put in a bunch of different people that you know that they didn't originally have because they lost a bunch of people, and yeah, so you look at some of that and it's just like, well, there's a good chance that that you know they're still going to keep doing up up down down, and Xavier Woods has said he's going to keep doing it. They can't have Tyler Breeze on it because WWE owns it, you know? And they already lost Jessamyn Duke, who was a big part of that. And now it's like, and now you lose lose him, who has been a huge contributor to that. And just, yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand why you, you wouldn't look at some of that and be like, we need to keep Breeze around because the YouTube income that we're getting from it, you know? Yep. But no. 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 It's not how they look at it. Now... Uh, did you happen to look at um, the Big E Network exclusive? Uh, I didn't. Okay, I'm going to, because it's too good for me not to show you. Let me get it here real quick, okay? All right, well, while you do that, um, apparently in that tweet that Bailey had said, she was so, like, inspired and took his word, like, so legitimate. She was writing on her wrist, what would Breeze do? Yeah. WWBD. Like, that's what kind of impact he made on her. And, I mean, who knows who else he had that much of an impact and helped out in the ring, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's fucking mind-boggling, man. It really is. Yeah, I don't get it either. That's probably one of the bigger fucking, biggest fucking stupid-ass mistakes that they've done so far. For sure. Good night, Adam. Um, okay, so here is Biggie, um, not too long after finding out about him, but this is, uh, uh, him and, and the new backstage person, which by the way, I'm not a huge fan of, she's, she's got kind of mush mouth, but you'll hear it. So here we go. Biggie is walking up to a ladder. Excuse me, Biggie. Congratulations on the victory tonight. Thank you, thank you. Not only did you get the win over the Intercontinental Champion Apollo Cruz, but tonight, for the first time in your career, you qualified for the Money in the Bank ladder match. What does this opportunity mean to you and to your career? Uh, it feels great. I'm just becoming familiar with the ladder, if you know, don't mind me. The ladder and I are just becoming one. Um, but, uh, you know, it took... A lot of hard work, and, you know, I spent a lot of time and effort getting prepared for this. But, you know, when you put the work in, when you get to the actual game, to the match, it's got to be a breeze, you know. And uh, much like a, a hot day, a real hot day, you know, a gust of wind comes in, you think, man, I love that breeze. Boy, do I love that breeze. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's where my head is at. Is you know you just put the work in, you familiar, familiarize 
you know the word, you know what I meant to say. My head was a little. Um, but yeah, you, you just put the work in and you familiar, familiarize yourself with the ladders. So you become one with the ladder. Have you ever tried getting, becoming one with the ladder? I mean, you're not in the match, so don't worry about it. But trust me, climbing <laughs> this bad boy, it's going to be a what? Breeze? It's gonna be a breeze, a breeze. <laughs> it feels good. It feels real good. Just rest, yeah, rest your head on the on the ladder. Yes. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, you gotta love him, man. I th- I think Breeze will be back. Yeah, I don't see, I don't see this being like I mean, obviously he he'll probably be gone for a couple of years, but yeah, I think he'll be back. No, no, no. I think it's going to be a Smojo situation. He was already in well, I mean, he'd have to take a, a lesser contract obviously, but I mean, it could be. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We haven't heard too yeah. much from him yet. Um, David K says wish.com Renee Young. Yes, uh, and also if wish if Renee Young was gargling cum the entire time. Tell me, am I am I alone in that, or did it did she seem like she had a speech impediment? A tiny bit, but not. <laughs> you can't I, shut I, your championship. <laughs> oh, it wasn't that bad. Come on. I know. I'm just playing. Oh man. Yeah. Unreal. Mm-hmm. Unreal with these fucking releases, dude. I tell you. And shout out to Biggie on that. That's that's fucking legendary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once because you know I I like to watch those network exclusives because sometimes it winds up being the best stuff because they can just say whatever they want you know and like oh, yeah. I talked about it, about it uh, last week with the uh, uh, Kevin Owens and and him but yeah I was just about to say Kevin Owens some of Kevin Owens greatest promos mm-hmm. live in that air section yeah so the, right right away when he was just like. I love me that breeze. It's just like, okay, oh man, that hurts a little bit. <laughs> oh man. Shit, WWE, why the fuck do you do this? I hear you. Hey, because I don't want to do the good, the bad, and what the fuck yet. He wants do to... we have to tonight? Can we just go over this? And... Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I do have some trivia if you want to try to answer it. Oh, God. Can't wait. All right. I don't have a theme song for this one yet. Um, But it's Rusted Trivia. And it is going to be four questions in regards to, uh, spoiler alert, probably the next call-up for WWE, Bronson Reed. How familiar are you with Bronson Reed? Uh, Not very familiar. All right. You're about to be a little bit more familiar, but you have to. Oh, okay. But you have to guess. All right. All right. Who did Bronson Reed beat in the first round of the breakout tournament when he first went by the name Bronson Reed? Uh, was it Cameron Grimes? That was the second round. Oh. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second. Oh. Uh. <laughs> you, 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 you could, could not, not be, be more, more wrong. wrong. There you go. Uh, no, it's Dexter Lewis. He was my second guy. All right. <clears throat> Which 
NXT UK superstar beat Bronson Reed in the 2018 Battle of Los Angeles? Not Walter. Oh, shit. I can't. It's another, it was another Husky guy, right? Am I supposed to give you hints? You got to, because I don't fucking watch NXT UK. I can't think of his name, so I'm going to get it wrong anyway. All right. It is a, uh, it is a Husky fellow in NXT UK. Make a guess. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I... Hold on. Um, I, I, I see the commercials every fucking week, and I know he's on the NXT UK commercial. I can't fucking remember his damn name. Uh, pass. <laughs> Just, just say any name that you can think of that's an NXT UK. Ilya Dragunov. <laughs> you, 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 you could not, not be more wrong. wrong. It's Walter. Why didn't you go with Walter? Walter? <laughs> yes. That's why when you said that, I'm like, what do you mean it's not him? It's only <laughs> That's the answer. All right. This next one. Fuck me running. This next one. Bronson Reed has had 29 singles matches in NXT and WWE. He has lost 12 matches. All I want you to do is name me three people he has lost to. Johnny Gargano. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Go ahead. <laughs> Johnny Gargano. Yep. Um... Who the fuck? Uh, Santos Escobar? Did he job to him yet? Uh, no. Okay. Um, shit. <laughs> uh, are we counting? You, 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 you could not be more wrong. wrong. <laughs> stipulation matches here. Just one-on-one matches, but yeah, stipulation matches would go too. Okay. Um, well, Johnny Gargano was the one that won that match anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh. What has he lost to? Uh, Velveteen Dream? Uh, no. Fuck. I'll give you. I'll give you one more shot. If you get. If you get one name in this next one, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you full <laughs> points on it. Okay. He fucking recently lost, and I can't fucking remember who it was. Uh. Swerve Scott. <laughs> he has lost to Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Timothy multiple times. Nope, just once. Timothy Thatcher, just once in singles competition. He's lost. He's lost some other times. Timothy Thatcher, Karrion Cross. The only person he has lost to multiple times, he's done so three times. Cameron <laughs> Grimes. Okay. Killian Dane. Roderick Strong. Isaiah Sir Scott. Shane Thorne. <laughs> what? It was like one of his first matches. Uh, Matt Riddle. Okay. And Dominic Dijakovic. Really? All right. Last question for you. All right. What name did Bronson Reed go by on the Indies? Jesus Christ. They <laughs> talked about it in the video package right before he won the North American Championship, and I can't 
fucking remember. Uh, see, uh, Superfly Jamma. <laughs> His name was Jonah Rock. Or J-Rock, he went by sometimes. Ah, okay. I think when they when they did that video package for him, I think they called him J-Rock. Probably. Okay. All right. Wow. Did you have anything for your good, the bad, the what the fuck that you wanted to talk about? Or was it pretty much just a... Eh? Um... Because we don't have to. I don't really have anything that I've like. No, we, we can just go through a couple things. We don't have... We, uh, honestly, from... We'll... we'll Kind of just we're just gonna jump around. Uh, Kofi and MVP's promo segment, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. It, it, it put Kofi in the more serious role, mm-hmm. and I him bantering back and forth with MVP. I thought they both did a very good job. And then um, the part where Kofi is like yelling at MVP after the Trouble in Paradise, yeah, I fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. It made me grow a chub. <laughs> Nice. Legit. Like, this is the shit that we should be seeing week in and week out from this company with the talent that they have. Yeah. One thing for sure, with the talent that they have that's been hitting on all cylinders, is Matt fucking Riddle. Yes. Because, holy shit, was he was all over this Raw, and it was great. I mean, starting things off with the fucking handwritten note from quote-unquote Randy Orton <laughs> was genius. Um, <laughs> KT, KT, by the way, with your with his bro, Karrion Cross. Yes. <laughs> that should have... You, you have talked about that match. You talked about that. You were on that episode. Anyways. Um, Don't get rid of too much, people. Yeah. Uh, KT also says with the NXT breakout tournament, which we didn't talk about, which you guys are going to talk about on Thursday, um, Baby Brock Flipped out a tweet suggesting he might be in it. Um, so that's another one. Parker Bordeaux. Uh, Bordeaux. He's the guy. Bordeaux. Yeah, he's the guy that everyone is like, he looks similar to Brock Lesnar. Uh, yeah, this is definitely another one of those ones that he probably would be part of. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so Riddle was great. Riddle um, winning the match. And then being like, no, 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 <laughs> play Randy's music. And then getting scared by the pyro. <laughs> was great. But then, because Damien Priest did return, him coming up to him and Riddle pretending to be Randy, and then like breaking it when, when Price is going to run away. But the best part of it, and the thing that made me drop my fucking phone while I was watching it, was Damien Priest goes over to Riddle and he's like, no, no, no. Randy deserve, doesn't, doesn't deserve you. And Riddle's just like, aww. <laughs> It was so, it was so genuine of like a, aww. <laughs> I just, I just laughed till I fucking cried. I was like, that probably was one of the funniest things I've ever fucking seen on WWE because that was, that was such good delivery. <laughs> just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I am glad to see Priest is back. I wish, I, in a way I wish they went with him for the last choice mm-hmm. uh, instead of Drew. Yeah. Uh, that way we could get basically like, you know, some 
mid-card people, how this match should be. Mid-card people finally taking that next step up to top-tier talent. Yeah. Uh, KT says Matt Riddle is is currently becoming the Dark Order of Raw, i.e. the only reason to watch. Agreed. Um, the, the match between, uh, Ricochet and, um, John Morrison was good. It ended with, it ended with yet again, Ricochet deciding not to win a match, but to instead do a big spot. And I mean, he didn't lose the match. It was a double count out, but, um, first of all, the very gifable moments of him just taking John out on the side, but I saw a bunch of people being like, oh, they clearly did a crash pad. Yeah, no, they didn't clearly do a, cl- a crash pad because AEW, <laughs> AEW clearly did a crash pad. No, no, what they did was show you how it's supposed to look when they take the safety of workers into account, have them bump onto a crash pad on the side of there, and you don't ever see the crash pad because that's how camera wor- magic works. And then most people will look at that and be like, that was fucking awesome, and not give a shit. Like, do you if if anyone <laughs> understand this like if you have never watched like behind the scenes things of movies and the special like go ahead and, and just google behind the scenes of uh the avengers and just watch how ridiculous it looks everybody in green suits and like people just oh, no, stand there some of them wear the suits no, no, I, I, yeah i mean like there was there was an amazing uh on the walking dead spoiler alert for something that happened like 6 years ago um, they had, they had a tiger on there that leaps onto a guy, and it was literally a dude in a green suit that jumped onto a trampoline and then onto a guy. And it's like, yeah, I know it's not real, but what I'm looking at looks real, so I can get immersed into it, you know. And when I see Ricochet die from the top and take out John Morrison behind a barricade, my brain doesn't instantly go. And we went into a crash pad. My brain goes, that was a cool fucking move. That looked cool. My brain goes to, holy shit, they are dead. Yeah. We know they're not. We know what's going on. <laughs> uh, it, it's funny that you brought this up because uh, my one of my goods for this was, holy shit, that bump with Morrison and Ricochet. Take notes, AEW. <laughs> That's how production works properly. Yeah. Uh, KT, like, KT's goods from Raw, of course, are Riddle and Rhea's top. Uh, yes it's always uh let's um let's see oh uh, i know i won't even mention that because it's not even worth it um nothing really else that i had to bring up that was super important it was just kind of like a it was i i will say this it wasn't a terrible week of wrestling yeah for SmackDown and Raw, we had we had some good stuff. Yeah, like you said, Riddle carried us through Raw. Yep. Because Riddle be riddled. Mm-hmm. And SmackDown, oh, Edge coming back. So that was a big thing. The only thing, so I I'm fine with Edge versus Reigns because they didn't really get their one on one match, and and sure yep. we we know Reigns is going to beat him, and then Edge is going to move on to they're going to move on to something else. That's fine. Um, they they could potentially even do it that the two of them spear the shit out of each other and then somebody cashes in the money in the bank and that's how we get the title of France. There's a lot of different ways that we can do this. My only issue with it was the setup to Edge returning. Because the whole thing was 
Reigns has beat everybody. There's nobody left. Reigns has beat everybody. Reigns has beat everybody. And then Edge comes back, and you know they're putting putting it on commentary like, like, oh my God, it's Edge, and oh my God, it's like, yeah, he lost to Reigns too. <laughs> he had a motherfucker draped on top of him and lost. So your setup of he's beaten everybody. There, there's nobody left to challenge. And then having somebody come challenge him that's already lost to him doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> Granted, yeah, it, like you, like you just said, it, it wasn't a one-on-one, mm-hmm. so I, I see where this, where they're coming from with the story. Uh, but I will say the cell job of Rain's face when they showed it after Edge's music hit, really good fucking job by him mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, this guy is hitting everywhere. Yeah. So, um, and the only <laughs> bad part of that segment, and you probably know what I'm gonna say. Where are you, Reigns? Yeah. And he's at the top of the rampway. Yeah. Um, also, Edge progressively gets worse looking every time we see him. When he stared down that, that camera, I was like, oh. It's, it's a beard. Yeah, there's just, it's just some, it just makes him look old. And, like, when he came back last year, like, obviously he was jacked and he looked really good. And, yeah, he had a little gray in his beard. He was fine. And then he, he came comes back again from injury, and you're like, you know, he's not quite as fit as he was. And he's got a little bit of a beard. And then he comes back out. So it's like, oh, okay, all right, man. Like, I'm, I'm just afraid the next day he's going to come back. He's just going to be a fucking skeleton with a beard on it. His <laughs> <laughs> corpse. <like>. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, KT says that Reggie getting kicked in the nuts, fuck that guy, and fuck that whole segment, oh. but also him specifically. <laughs> Agreed? Yes, that that was one of my... Uh, was that my what the fuck are bad this week for Raw? Uh, um, uh, let's see, was that my... Uh, oh, no, that was, one of my, that was my bad. Yeah. Um, I'd like to just go one single week without Reginald. Uh, but I will say, he totally took that kick to the dick. Yeah, he did. He had no choice, and I was like, yes! But that was the only positive thing of that segment. Yeah. Um, you called you KT. Yeah. Liv Morgan's getting a little bit of a push, which is always good. Yes. Um, Nikki, oh. Nikki ass, not great. The fact that, like, she's almost a superhero, so we've got an acronym for her last name, so she's Nikki Ash now. A-S-H. But, of course, if you say it quick, she's Nikki ass. Um, that's not great. Are already on thin ice with this character just from the this the the setup, and now we're going to give her a dumb fucking nickname. Like, just call her Nikki Storm, because at least she's got lightning bolts on her and some of that. Like, her she's she's not out there in like a gray outfit, so you're gonna be like, oh, she's like Ash, you know, nothing like that. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't get it, but you know, so. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, if, if we've been begging for her to be on TV, yeah. If, if this is what it's going to take, this is what it's going to take. It, we might not like it, but she's getting TV time. She's doing what she loves. And I just wish they could have done this, you know, without the superhero gimmick. Mm-hmm. Even though even though it was her idea as well. Yeah. Because Killian Day came out with a tweet saying this is all her. Yep. And then he got fired. <laughs> uh, all right. Jesus. Oh, unless you got anything else to say. Uh, no, my what the fuck was kind of blah, so. Yeah. No, I'm good. All right. So, I think that'll do it for us here on the WWE Rundown. Ginger, go ahead and take us home. We will smack your ass raw next time. Bye-bye.
See what harm you can do. Hey, yo. No, no. no. Chance still no. has. Chance in hell. You take what's mine and just too frail. You can't beat me. You ain't got no chance in hell. You can't see me. You ain't got no chance in hell. No. Chance still 